almost not a fresh start new, but like like a like a jump start if like, you will. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not so, opposed to it one bit. So Yeah. We'll see. Anyways, you wanna jump in? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. It's your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 107. Episode of 107. It's crazy. I can't believe we've made it this far. It's a very high number. <laughs> it's probably not a number that I've ever really contemplated before. 107. Outside of last week when we talked about our ages, like, if I was to be 107, I'd be living in three different centuries. Right. That'd be That's crazy. That's literally the only time I've ever contemplated that number before. Damn. So, episode 107. Episode 106 was a great episode. I thought that was a very funny one. I thought it came together very well. Definitely. Everyone should go back and check that out. Definitely. Uh, Tim did send us a couple of thoughts. Just making fun of our new stories, basically. Sure. I had a couple of moments where I thought he was going to tear us apart, and he didn't, which was good. Nice. But, you know, Tim is one of our most dedicated listeners, so. Thanks, Tim. We always appreciate your feedback. Yes. He really, he gives it to us, and we don't need to worry that he's, like, sugarcoating things. Sure. Because he's a very honest person, so. Sure. Anyways, on to the news. Ben, did you bring any news stories today? Yeah, I brought like two or three. You're probably going to have at least one of these. All right, I brought a total of five because I was counting on you having at least (laughs) one or two of mine. That being said, I'm not going to run all five, and I'm hoping that you don't touch any of my first three because all three of mine have a theme today. Okay, cool. So, Ben, if you want to get started, go ahead. All right, I'm going to start with one from our favorite, UPI News. Uh Uh-oh. Deputies find reported fight in progress involved brawling goats. Yes, and this was this was the seventh news story that I cut today because I decided on a theme, but this is a good one. I'm happy we have this one. I haven't read this one yet, so let's see what it's all about. Florida deputies responding to a 911 call about a fight in progress in a residential neighborhood arrived to find the street brawlers were a pair of feuding goats. Putnam County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that deputies were summoned to a neighborhood in Palatka where a resident had reported a fight in progress. Deputies <laughs> arrive on the scene and discovered a pair of goats butting heads. The suspects were pretty mad at one another (laughs) and the fight escalated into the yards of nearby residences the post said both were pretty hard-headed but officers managed to separate wrangle and bring them to the putnam county jail (laughs) the sheriff's office said deputies were later able to make contact with the owner of the escaped goats and that's the that's the end so there is a lot going on with that one i thought that was a very funny headline before we get into it i will say that ben hooper this is probably the best week that he has ever had as a journalist yeah because there's been quite a few he's had a lot of funny headlines now the goat fighting in the street is this something <laughs> is this something that if you were to see this outside of your house would you would you call the cops on this i don't feel like the cops would be the first call yeah and i would be more specific in the call like yeah it, it, as far as we know from the information from the article he didn't say goats in the 911 call he just said a fight in progress yeah and you would never ever assume that a fight in progress would mean would anything goats. other than humans you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So there's kind of a lot to digest with that one. Very funny. I suggest our listeners check that one out on UPI Odd News. Definitely. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's not much more to say. It's 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 a it's a eye catching headline for sure. There's not a whole lot more that we could say about that. But definitely, that was one I was planning to bring in. Then I then I realized how ridiculous this week has been for Odd News. So definitely, I'm gonna bring another one to the studio. This one's gonna be from also our favorite UPI Odd News. Semi crash releases 1 million bees 
onto Florida Highway. Fuck. It's from May 2nd. About 1 million bees were released onto a Florida highway early Tuesday morning when the truck hauling the insects was involved in a crash. The Florida Highway Patrol said a big rig crashed into a truck carrying a load of bees on U.S. Highway 301 in the Baldwin area around 3.15 a.m. Tuesday. The FHP, or Florida Highway Patrol, said the truck was carrying about 1 million bees, which were released onto the highway as a result of the crash. The highway was partially closed and beekeepers were summoned to the scene to collect (laughs) the insects. The bees were collected by 7.30 a.m., the FHP said. No one was injured in the crash, Trooper said. So thankfully nobody was hurt in this one. But one million bees got released onto the highway. Okay, so they captured the bees? Supposedly they captured the bees. So were they, like, were they confined in something? Or did they they escape? Those, like, bee bee crates? Yeah, I've seen those. So apparently when the crash happened, the crates, like, a bunch of them fell off the truck. And probably a bunch of them crashed. Did they, like, break over? Open and the bees went out? Supposedly. Now, there is a lot to break down because we're talking about one million bees. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, beekeepers were on the scene very quickly. <laughs> this this situation happened between four hours, 3.15 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. That's four hours. So, are beekeepers on call for this type of thing? Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, you have to fucking suit up, put on the fucking, you know, the bee. The yeah, bee. you gotta get your equipment. And they had this contained by 7.30, so they had to have been very quick to the scene. Now, you would think, like, obviously in a crash, it's like, okay, first thing, make sure none of the people are injured. Okay, they realize, okay, it probably takes 20 minutes to realize that, okay, nobody's hurt. What what area is this again? Florida. What part of Florida? Baldwin. I don't know where the fuck that is. I don't is. know where that is either. I'm just curious, like, if... Like, police departments have to have, like, specific numbers to specialists on hand. You would maybe Like, that's so. the only thing I can think of. Because, yeah. like, they got there quick. I mean, they got there quick. They got contained quickly. And they're acting like most of these bees were collected. Now, I'm assuming, like, you're not going to you're not gonna be one million for one million on the bee collecting. I mean, it depends. If they had a million bees and they were in those crates and none of them broke open. That's a different story. I'm assuming they're breaking open, though. Okay. So... I mean, if if we're talking about crates, do you need a beekeeper on the scene for the crate? Probably not, but you don't know. All right. I'll tell you what. We have to turn this one over to our listeners. If any of our (laughs) listeners are entomologists or beekeepers or involved in this type of situation, even remotely, please tweet us at 30 in the... Please give us some info on terms of what we might be able to expect from this. If there are any professional beekeepers out there. Or if you are a beekeeper rapid response officer, please tweet us. Please let us know. We will even bring you into the studio. We'll have you on the show. Yeah, we want to talk about your day-to-day duties. Definitely. Anyways, I don't... Uh, that's about all I got with that one. That was a good so. one. This is another one I have not read, but it sounded pretty funny. So Uh-oh. we're gonna we're gonna get into it. I might actually have four today. I don't is this know. from our UPI Odd News favorite? Yes, this is from our favorite UPI Odd News. I think this will be my last UPI Odd News. Really? We'll see here. City warns residents to keep watch for escaped marmoset monkeys. This is another one I thought about bringing to the studio. <laughs> Officials in an English city are asking residents to check their bird boxes, garages, and sheds for marmoset monkeys that escaped from a local home. The Lancaster City Council said an unspecified number of marmosets escaped from a home in the Carnforth area. The council said the marmosets are native to Central and South America and would be likely to seek out a warm place to spend the night. Check bird boxes, garages, and sheds, the city council said on its website. Please do not attempt to catch the monkeys as this may cause risk to injury to yourself or the monkeys 
Please do not try and feed them either. Local police said that they are aware of the escaped monkeys and the investigation has been turned over to the RSPCA. That's the end of the article. Now, where is this again? This was in English City. <laughs> Carnforth. Okay, I thought it was an English city. I did read this one beforehand, <laughs> which is funny. So I was familiar with what was going on here. Now, what in the world is going on with these zoos and letting these crazy animals out? Well, this isn't. This wasn't from a zoo. This is from a house. Some guy had these as pets. <laughs> what in the world is going on with these people and letting these fucking animals out? Dude, I, mean, I don't understand. Like, where the fuck you get a monkey? Like, what? And how how many were let loose? You know, I don't understand what's going on. Is People get monkeys. Like, I told you about my buddy that used to work at work with us for a yeah, while. Yeah, you did. He got bit by a damn monkey that his mom had. Dude. And she paid, like, $3,000 for it. It's, like it's an illegal pet. This is an exotic animal. Yes. Like, I don't understand this. Like, did anyone not watch that one show? Tiger King? No. Freaking. Don't fuck with cats? No. Uh, she was the host of the modeling show. Tyra Banks? Tyra Banks. I'll never forget this. I can't this. believe I knew that. <laughs> Dude, I she had I, I swear it, it might have been her or Oprah. I can't fucking remember. But <laughs> they had this lady on. They had this lady on that had a fucking pet monkey and her it ripped off her it ate her entire face. She had no face. She had a reconstructed face. I'm like you're a fucking idiot if you have a monkey. I'm sorry. I, I remember this. I can't remember if it was Tyre Brinks or Oprah. <laughs> This is one of the two. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> they're like the only ones that had talk shows. Yeah. Like, besides Ellen. Ellen. And, and like, those are the only channels we had, so I yeah. don't know if there were any others out there. And Jerry Springer's not now dead. Yeah, so. that was sad. Anyways. Anyways. I got another one from our favorite UPI Odd News. Let's hear it. Flight delayed for three hours due to bees swarming on plane's wing. Going out with all these damn bees. A flight from Houston to Atlanta was delayed for about three hours when thousands of bees swarmed on the wing of the airplane. Passenger Anjali Anjeti posted photos of the bees on Twitter and documented the experience of the delayed Delta Airlines flight at Bush Intercontinental Airport. My flight leaving Houston is delayed because bees have congregated on the tip of one of the wings. They won't let us board until they remove the bees, Anjeti tweeted. Anjeti said the plane's captain announced a beekeeper would not be removing the insects due to not being allowed to touch the plane, which doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And pest control would not be allowed to spray the bees. The airport was also unable to use a hose to spray the wing with water. And Jetty said the bees finally dispersed when the plane's engine turned on so it could make a way for another flight to use the gate. B, believe it or not, Delta Flight 1682 from Houston Bush to Atlanta took a delay this afternoon after a friendly group of bees evidently wanted to talk shop with the winglet of our airplanes. No doubt to share the latest about flying conditions at the airport. Delta officials said in a statement to CBS News. Unreal. Delta said the flight was delayed for about three hours before departing for Atlanta. So there is a lot going on with that one. So all they had to do was turn the damn thing on? Yes. <laughs> and it was delayed for three hours. So they called, think about this one for a second. They called fucking beekeepers out. Beekeepers were like, oh, nope, I can't do this because like, I'm not allowed to touch an airplane. Mechanics were like, well, I'm not allowed to touch a bee. They're like, well, we're going to spray the fucking plane. But, I mean, bees are endangered, so you can't. 
go fuck around with them too much. It makes sense because there's a lot of there's a lot of politics when it goes yeah. into that type of shit. Regulations like only these people can touch the fuel. Only these people can touch the engine. Only these people can touch the body of the plane. Like it's 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 how it is at work. Yeah, I know. It's it's it is the exact same type of shit. It's I mean, the same type of shit. It's just it, it's funny. Three hour <laughs> three hour delay for a swarm of bees. Now, the pictures are pretty funny. We probably should get one of those pictures up there on Facebook. Like, imagine being late to a wedding because like the limo, the limo is covered in bees or yeah because they can't take off because of bees oh my god and you're yeah. late you're late to a wedding or you're late to a like what important if this... job opportunity <laughs> like, okay yeah that's a good that no that's a good question it's like like exactly i mean there, there are a lot of rush hour flights all the time there's a lot of yeah. important people out there people that claim that they're important what would it have take like could you imagine like I'm trying to think of a scenario where like time sensitivity is of the utmost yeah. importance. There has to be a scenario where they're like, fuck it, we're gonna <laughs> fucking hose these motherfuckers off. Yeah. Or we're gonna go by we're gonna send somebody to Menards and get ten thousand cans of bee killer. Yeah, like who Because we gotta get this plane up in the air, you know what I mean? Like who would it take to be on that plane? Exactly. To get them to be like, let's get this bitch moving. Exactly. So that's all I got with that one. Uh ridiculous to say the least. But do you have any more news, Ben? We're gonna see what this one shapes out to be. This is from Haretz Ooh, sounds like a new website. It's probably an acronym for something. H-A-A-R-E-T-Z. Yeah, it means nothing to me, so. Yeah. Ancient DNA recovered from pendant shows who owned it 20,000 years ago. That's pretty cool. Breakthrough technique to analyze ancient artifacts finds that elk's tooth from Siberia's Denisova cave had been owned by a woman in prehistory. Some 20,000 years ago, a woman living in Siberia put on a pendant fashioned from a deer tooth. She wore it for a long time, perhaps until she died or lost the artifact. Now, thousands of years later, the pendant has been found and scientists have extracted the DNA of the woman who wore it, using an innovative method that promises to answer many questions about ancient peoples and their way of life. In recent years, researchers have been perfecting the art of extracting ancient DNA of animals and humans, first from teeth and bones directly, and more recently obtaining it from the soil of caves, which once inhabited by prehistoric hominins. Hominids. Hominins. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Help me out. These efforts have led to major discoveries on human evolution and the migration of ancient populations and the origins of modern groups. The new method, publicized Wednesday in Nature, offers direct insight to the identity of people who have made or handled artifacts thousands of years ago, says the international team led by researchers from the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig, Germany. The team has successfully extracted DNA from the pendant excavated at the Denisova Cave, the major prehistoric site in the Altai Mountains in Siberia by the submerging the artifact in a chemical solution, then gradually increasing the temperature. Strands of genetic material, which was then sequenced, were slowly released into the solution without the pendant being damaged at all. Report Elena Essel, Matthias Meyer, and Marie Ceresi and colleagues. The fact that it's not a destructive method is key here because we don't want to destroy these objects, as there is so much more information in them, says Essel, a molecular biologist who is first author on Nature Paper. The article is very long, but I think we get the gist of what's going on. Yeah, here. we they, definitely did. They developed a new type of way to extract DNA from prehistoric objects. Which is helpful for Without sure. damaging them. 
which is very cool, very helpful in terms yep. of understanding some of this shit. Now, go ahead. Go, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Because normally when they extract DNA, don't they have to, like, cut a piece of something off? Yes, and usually it's, like, at the risk of the artifact. It's like, we're going to try to date this, but we're going to be taking a chunk out of it, and it just you don't want to be degrading the art- artifact like that. Right. Now, the thing that I personally take away from this is we're talking 20,000 years ago. Yeah. This is a, a piece of jewelry that it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that somebody might wear today. It's right. like you see shark teeth in that Closest is a thing these days, etc. Could, et could this be an advanced civilization? I'm not saying that it's necessarily an advanced civilization. All I'm saying is that people have been very similar, have been living similar types of lives, have been prioritizing similar types of things for a very, 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 long very, very long time. What do you think Graham Hancock would say about this? Graham Hancock, well, he doesn't smoke weed anymore, so he wouldn't be stoned, but he might have something great to say about this. I'm sure he would. Graham Hancock, if you're listening, please tweet us at 30 in the let us know what you think about that news story. Definitely. And I think one one aspect of this type of research, if you will, is that at the end of the day, people are more similar than they are different. Right. And you can stretch it across millennia. You can stretch it across centuries. People on a whole are going to be more similar than they are different. Yeah. Humans and, tend to have the same desires. Yes. And finding that little, those little bits of connection where you can kind of sort of see somebody doing today what they did 20,000 years ago. It's pretty cool. Right. At the end of the day. So, is there anything else you want to add to that new story? Nope, that's it. That was a very, very, very cool one. I got one more I want to bring to the studio, though. Awesome. And this one, unfortunately, is going to come back from our favorite new PII news. Sweet. Fog of Bees briefly interrupts PGA Tours Mexico Open. (laughs) The PGA Tours Mexico Open was briefly interrupted when a swarm of bees sent a group of golfers ducking in the grass. The PGA Tour posted a video on Twitter showing Eric Van Royen preparing to hit his approach shot when he quickly crouches down in the grass at Vindata Viarta. Van Ruin could be heard in the footage repeating the word bees and warning to his caddy and fellow golfers Francisco Molinari and Shay Reevy. The camera operator ends up crouched in the grass alongside the rest of Van Ruin's group. The announcer in the video described the incident as a fog of bees. There were no reports of injuries. Van Ruin went on to make par at the hole after all this <laughs> It's funny, but certainly don't want to get stung by one of those bad boys, he told PGA Tour officials. So that's all I got with that one. Now, imagine going to swing and you get a bee fly. Like, right I would face. be so fucking pissed. But we're talking about a fog of bees. Now, what the hell is up with these bees? What's going on with all these damn bees? First, we have the bee and the crash on the highway in Florida. The bee, the bee crash. They got the bees on the wing. Now you got the bees on the green. Do you think these are like government-controlled insects? Very likely. Very likely. Now, I was always told that bees are on the on the decline. Yeah, that's obviously I, not. Obviously I mean, not. we've talked about millions of bees in this. <laughs> in I mean, this they're episode. they're popping up on our news stories here at four thirty. They obviously got to be. There's something going on coming up here. So I guess it's good for the bee population. There's a lot of them out there. Right, for sure. That's all I got. I'm out of news stories. Do you have any more, Ben? That's all I got. Perfect. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. For our main topic. Pat, this is going to be your episode. What is the main topic today? Ben, I won't lie to you when I say... I have never come to, came to the <clears throat> studio before and not really know what the main topic was <laughs> until today. 
So you had an idea in your head and you sent me a bunch of texts about this. I didn't really know how to articulate what I was trying to say. So why don't you give, give an attempt at articulation toward any topic, please. So we're going to be talking about like the most unrecognized great athletes out there. So it or is like, going to be... Or like, oh, and like in, in light of the recent NFL draft we just had, Pat, sure. Pat and I are both passionate about football. Sure. I felt like maybe we should throw in some like, you know, best of like really low draft picks that there were low draft picks, never thought they were really going to do a whole lot, and they ended up being really good players. So this is going to be a sports episode. Yes, so. this is sports-oriented, yes. Um, we didn't really have parameters set around this. No, nearly I think as much. Any, anything will work. I mean, it's pretty so big. So it's going to kind of be like, I would say, based on what Ben said, kind of like diamond in the rough type athletes. Athletes that didn't really come from like a pedigree, but ended up being something. Sure. Or people that, I don't know, just had a story that wasn't really. That, you know, or some of them that are like, considered great but they're overshadowed by some of their other peers sure that makes sense so if that if that helps all right well ben since this is gonna be your episode today do you want to get started with a athlete yeah i brought a handful so you know i can get through these pretty quickly sure uh, first one you ever heard of florence griffith joiner I feel like I have to have. You might have. I don't know. Also known as Flojo. Flojo, yep. She's dead. She is. She ran with the one, she would run with like, like leggings on one side of her leg, but not on the other. Yep. She was awesome. She was an American track and field athlete. Uh, In the late 80s, she became very popular uh, for her world-class speed, and uh, I guess she had a really eclectic uh, personality as well. Yes. Um, in the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul, she won three gold medals and set world records in the 100 and 200 meter races. Those, both of those records are still unbeaten today. Sure. And, uh, she died very young in 1998 and, uh, she died in her sleep due to suffocation of a epileptic fit, I guess. But, uh, because she died so young, you don't really hear anything about her. Yeah. You hear some crazy stories, but that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. But like before. Before I was doing this research, I never really heard of her that much. Really? Yeah. What's funny about Flojo is I don't know what the hell subject it was. It was in grade school. You know how we had those old ass like textbooks from like the 80s and the 90s back in grade school? Mm-hmm. There was one of the books, I, don't, I think it was like a math book or something, had a picture of her and it was like sh- her her speed. It was like her speed and do the averages or something. And somebody's like, well, who the hell is Flojo? <laughs> so I knew about her as a kid. That's funny. Because of something in a textbook and then it's like well she died and all that shit yeah i think but she was like maybe 38 or 39 she was young yeah i can't remember died. what the hell happened there was something crazy that happened but it, suffocation from a she had like in her sleep she was having some type of epileptic oh yeah i remember that like now. seizure just, or fit or something yeah weird weird shit anyways that's flow joe that's Very, flow joe yeah a lot of people all of our older listeners we do have a demographic of older listeners that yeah that is show. true they would probably hear of her. they would they would know about her for sure for sure you have any more flow joe nope my first one, this one is a guy that was completely off my radar until I started watching a YouTube channel called John Boy Media, which you might enjoy. He does sports breakdowns and he narrates them from like the highlight reel, especially when something crazy's happened. Sure. And it's it's a very just a very comical look at like sports highlights. Especially like sports fights or just something weird that happens. He narrates them very well and he's a very he's an excellent video editor. That's good. That's funny. So um I first heard about this guy because he was doing a video on a night. 1984 baseball brawl that happened to be heavily videoed back at the time. So he spiced together all the clips and explained everything that was going on. Now this athlete that I'm talking about is a guy named Champ Summers. 
Champ Summers. Which, if you're a baseball player, there's no better baseball name than Champ Summers. Now, Champ Summers was born in Washington, and he was a Vietnam veteran. He got a Purple Heart in Vietnam. He did not play his first major league game until he was 28 years old, which is kind of crazy. Because usually your big league, you're debuting in your early 20s, 22, 23, it seems to be a typical age. Maybe a little bit younger if you're better. Usually baseball, it takes you longer to develop than a lot of other people. But like 25, 26, at that point you're old. So Champ Summers was originally signed after he left Vietnam by the Oakland, Oakland God. He was originally signed by the Oakland Athletics as a free agent in 1971, and he was discovered in the men's softball league. <laughs> that <laughs> just happened to have somebody that worked for the team there. They're like, wow, this guy looks really good playing men's softball. We have to sign him. <laughs> So they signed this guy out of Vietnam playing men's softball, just recreationally. Just some asshole. It's like, I got a purple heart in Vietnam, (laughs) but I can hit a ball a mile. He ended up making it into the big leagues and debuted in 1974 for the A's. Now, he banged around for a while. He hung around in the league until 1984. And the video that I'm talking about was like towards the end of his career where he got in a big fight. And it's like, look at this asshole out there still running around at like age 38. (laughs) And this guy started off playing men's softball and that's how he got into the big leagues. Now, he had his best years with the Detroit Tigers back in 1979 and 1980 where he hit like, I think he hit like 54 career home runs, but he hit 38 of them during that time. He wasn't an all-star. He wasn't a superstar. He wasn't anything crazy. But just imagine being a Vietnam bet playing red softball and then getting the sign in the major leagues as a, 20, <laughs> as a, as a 28 year old that's something and, and having a 10 year career after that i mean he could have been on our like luckiest people episode yeah it's 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 a funny little story that was a good one um see i don't have any good ones like that it, it's just it's funny champ summers so he passed away back in 2012 he's only 66 when he passed but he's a good just a funny just a funny story 54 big league home runs not many guys can say that he played for six different teams played for the a's cubs reds tigers giants and he finished his career at the padres back in 84 so that's all i got with him awesome story do you have any more ben yeah I'll, uh what do i want to do next all right so when you when you think of fastest nfl football players who, who do you think of not anthony schwartz yeah not anthony schwartz but like you know ones that come to my mind are like you know lt tyreek hill deshaun jackson deshaun jackson um chris johnson comes up like walter payton was pretty fast For sure uh, i would say chris johnson and deshaun jackson are the two that would be like the first ones i'd think of sure but you ever heard of bob hayes can't say that i have this guy was the world's fastest human at that time sure. and i think i probably forgot to write this down i might look this up right after this but i think he's had like the fastest 40 time ever i don't know if they did the, the fastest i don't know if they did the 40s sure back in these days but uh he won the olympic 100 meters and title in 1964 tying the world record and he was also an nfl wide receiver and he remains to this day the only man to win both an olympic gold medal and a super bowl ring really that's kind of cool yeah it's pretty awesome um they uh he was with the cowboys when they won it all in 1972 uh he was in the nfl for 10 years from 1965 to 1975 wow he had 7,414 yards receiving 371 receptions and 71 touchdowns uh he actually led the league in touchdowns his rookie year (laughs) and his second year in the league his rookie year he had like 1200 yards 
yards receiving. Well, that's honestly, this is a really cool story. Yeah. And uh, I guess he was like impossible to, to guard one-on-one because he was so fast. He sure. just flew right past everyone. I got to look up to see um, what his 40 time was because I don't know if they did it back then. Yeah. No, I, I would have to hope, and I don't know for sure because they didn't really video game videotape games back then. I would like to watch some highlights of this guy. Yeah, there's no, there's no, um, documented 40 time. Yeah, no documented 40 time. Let me look up his 100 time 9.91 seconds. So he was pretty fast. That's pretty good. So I'm assuming he was probably able to run at least a 4.240. Probably, if not lower than if that. If not Maybe lower like than that. 4, probably like a 4.1. Yeah. That's so, incredible. That's Bob Hayes. Bob Hayes. That was a great one. I have to look him up. Never later. really heard of him before doing this shit. Not somebody that was on my radar for sure. Now I've got another football player I'm going to do next. This is a guy that, Maybe he isn't on anybody's radar, honestly. But he's a Hall of Famer for a good reason, and he's the only Hall of Famer at his position. Have you ever heard of Ray Guy? Was he the punter? Yes. Yeah. He was a punter for the Raiders from 73 until I don't know how long he played. He was an eight-time All-Pro and is considered the greatest punter of all time. Now, he's significant because he was drafted 23rd overall by the Raiders. Damn. They're like, this guy is that fucking good. Now, he was an All-American punter back in the day, so it's not like he was an unheralded athlete necessarily. But he could probably throw the ball as well as as well as kicking. They probably ran like a lot of fake punts and shit. I really don't know. He was listed as a, the first pure punter ever drafted in the first round of the draft. Now this was this guy That's was a skinny, he was a skinny guy. He was a punt specialist. That being said, he won three Super Bowls with the Raiders. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He passed Unreal. away back in just not that long ago, back in November of 2022, not that long ago. And what I remember him for is he was consistently campaigning. He's like, I'm a Hall of Fame football player. If you have to put me in the Hall of Fame, I'm the greatest punter of all time. Good for him. All this he shit should I be. Have. And he was put in in, the, in August 2nd of 2014. He was put in the Hall of Fame. It's my fucking birthday. Yeah, we already talked about that oh we did so yeah i mean you were celebrating you were probably you didn't realize you were celebrating the fact that ray guy was going to the hall of fame that day dude i'm gonna have to mention that on every birthday here and now yeah no shit but i mean i i feel like he deserves to be to, to have the credit and i remember just listening to like watching him on like espn or whatever being like man i was the best player of all time <laughs> i gotta be in the hall of fame and he finally got he finally got to wear that gold jacket so you think pat mcafee will ever be in the hall of fame no he was not that good. He was pretty good. He was not Ray Guy. He probably wasn't Ray Guy. There he was are gonna good. be there are gonna be two punters in the Hall of Fame. It's gonna be Ray Guy and some other guy. <laughs> <God damn. laughs> Shut the fuck up. So dumb. I'm good sorry. one. Good one. I did not even mean. How, how long were you waiting to say I that? I did not even mean to say that. I didn't mean to say that. That's just a dumb thing that came out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> we're saving that. All right, Ben. What else you got today, sir? All right. Well, when we're talking about the greatest QBs of all time, no one ever has this guy on their list, but he's on almost every he's on every statistical list out there. But we don't consider him a top QB. Sure. Matt Ryan. God damn. <laughs> this dude is underrated as shit. I'm sorry. I think he is. I think he deserves a little bit of respect. His last year in Indy was pretty bad, but is he still a four football player? 
Did he retire? I yet? think he retired. So yeah, Super Bowl. What was that? Forty one. Sure. Where he blew the twenty eight three lead. That's yep. gonna haunt him. But we're talking about this dude was an MVP of the league. Okay. The, the funniest thing about the Super Bowl, real quick, is I was texting your bro- your brother Josh during that entire time, and you know how he is. He's like, nope, it's never over until it's over. Yeah, it's Josh over. knew it was they were gonna lose the whole jo- time. Josh always goes, it's never over until it's over. It's never over until it's over. He was just like, Pat, I can't believe I'm texting you this, but the Falcons won the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 he texted me that and i was just like okay well and then it all fell apart i think around halftime he kind of felt like the patriots are gonna come back and win because he was no, he texted me in that third quarter back was when the third the, quarter yeah he texted uh, me was like i cannot believe the patriots the falcons won it they they won the super bowl probably after julio jones made that one catch yeah. he probably thought it was iced and he has never he has never jumped the gun ever that's the only time in my entire life that i've ever <laughs> seen your brother jump the gun and he jumped the gun that time anyways go ahead how funny but yeah matt ryan no one ever considers him a top guy but like you know okay we got we got an mvp of the league here four-time pro bowler he was nfl offensive rookie of the year he currently sits seventh all-time in passing sixty-two thousand seven hundred ninety-two regular season passing seventh yards. all time yeah <laughs> 381 passing touchdowns which is ninth all time like i believe matt ryan i think matt ryan needs a little bit more respect he's played in the super bowl yeah he lost but i mean he was an mv he was mvp of the league like can you picture matt ryan being mvp no what i can't imagine is it's like you got a three-year-old son who's gonna grow up watching football he's gonna be watching Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and uh Herbert he's gonna grow up watching these guys maybe uh maybe Deshaun Watson might be one of his favorite players hopefully not but I mean you know he's gonna be watching these young guys Yep. Trevor Lawrence. He's going to grow up knowing who Trevor Lawrence is. Yep. And he's going to look back and he's going to be like looking at football statistics one day as a teenager. And he's going to be like, Dad, tell me about this Matt Ryan guy. <laughs> and <laughs> you're going to be like, I didn't even know he wasn't even that good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I. That's what. That's what blows my mind. Is that Matt Ryan's gonna be spoken amongst the top. He's like he's gonna in be the top like, ten right now. It's gonna be like like fucking Franz Harkinson, literally Johnny Unitas, yep. Matt Ryan's gonna be in that <laughs> conversation. I cannot do that. Fucking un- unreal that he's up like <laughs> yeah. Like sixty-two thousand seven hundred ninety-two yards. It's like even even in our lifetime, we can name quarterbacks. You go know, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Philip. Rivers, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. You could throw him in the conversation. Big Ben. Wow. Mike Vick. Donovan McNabb. And this guy was, this guy, Just, this guy you, came, like, you think this of the guy quarterbacks. Came, this guy came after Michael Vick and had a better career yeah, than Michael you, Vick. You think about the quarterbacks that you've seen. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Maybe not. Starting to sound like Skip. Maybe not Baker Mayfield. But you think about these quarterbacks that we've, that we've seen play. Uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah. Hell, even like Donovan McNabb. I said him. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> but I just it that that's crazy. That was a good one. That was a really good one, Ben. Yeah, that was a good one. Now I'm gonna go back to baseball real quick. Now this is a guy we don't need to spend too much time on because we've already talked about him on the podcast before. Sure. But in terms of undrafted players that had an impact, baseball, Bobby Bonilla, Roberto Martin, Antonio Bonilla played 16 seasons in the big leagues. Now he is best known because uh, in the early 2000s he signed a contract with the Mets that they realized was a terrible deal. And they bought him out. And instead of paying him like the $6 million that they owed him throughout the rest of his contract, they're like, instead of doing that, we're going to pay you $1.19 million every single year on July 1st from 2011 until 2035. <laughs> Unreal. 
So every day on July 1st is Bobby Mania Day. He gets $1.19 million from the fucking Mets. Unreal. <laughs> and he's so, halfway through that contract at this point. So uh, let me know if I'm articulating this correctly. $1.9 million, uh, How long ago was this? He agreed to this settlement back in uh, like 99 or 2000. So are they going to like account for inflation? Because $1.9 million back no, then. No, it's $1.19. So one point one nine million back then is a little different than one point sure, one nine million. Sure, sure, and there is no inflation. This was a this is a hard this is a dollar so it amount. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, but in terms of what he was owed compared to what he's getting, he's getting one point one nine million for twenty five years. I would take it. He had he had about <laughs> six million owed to him at the time, and we talked about this during the Bernie Madoff episode. Where we talked about like con artists and shit like that. Mm-hmm. The owner was involved with the Bernie Madoff scheme and thought that those six million that he was going to give Bobby Mania was going to be worth a hell of a lot more than. million (laughs) over 25 years. So that's why he agreed to that deal. So funny. Now, Bobby Mania was also a six-time All-Star, I believe. Five or six-time All-Star. He finished with a very good career, like 278 home runs, batted 279 throughout his career. Lasted for a long time despite not being drafted. So that's why I'm talking about him because he wasn't even even drafted. No, the baseball draft's like 40 rounds long. Fucking, I'll tell you what, quarterbacks have been drafted. Tom Brady been drafted by MLB. Patrick Mahomes has been drafted. He was drafted by the Tigers. Kyler Murray's been drafted. Drafted. Yeah. Russell Wilson's been drafted. So it's not like like they throw away picks. Like they'll pick like like the coach's son just for shits and giggles. <laughs> so it, I mean, we're talking about all that shit's going on. And Bobby Media wasn't even drafted. Despite the fact that you grew up in Bronx. Crazy. Now international players might not get drafted. If you're an international player, usually there's like a whole signing thing where you can sign as a sixteen year old and come over early. Damn. He wasn't even drafted because he grew up in the Bronx. Damn. He was born in the Bronx, so Awesome success story. Yes, definitely. Anyways, <laughs> what else you got today, Ben? Um, I'm going to run and do like two of them. Okay, if you're cool good. with that. Because I only have like two or three left. Sure. Um, I'm going to do like a low draft pick that did big that, that did uh, pretty big things. So, uh, drafted in 1999 by the Green Bay Packers. The seventh round, 213th overall pick was Donald Driver. Okay, I remember him. So Very this, good. this guy is a fantastic wide receiver, in my opinion. I watched him play quite a bit in my uh, younger years of watching football. Uh, despite being picked that low, he ended up being one of the most productive uh, wide receivers in team history. He had over 10,000 yards, 743 receptions, 61 touchdowns in the 14 years he spent in the league. He had a Super Bowl win, seven seasons with over 1,000 yards receiving. Now, did he play his entire career at the Packers? I think he did. I think he did. Yeah, I remember him. He's a good player. I, he was great. Very was solid. Fan. Very like, good. Like, in, during that era, like, there were some really good receivers. Sure. But he's never brought up. But sure. here he is sitting on 10,000 yards, 61 TDs. Yeah. In my opinion, he should be in the conversation up there. Definitely. Not with, like, best all time, but, like, but in that for era, that era. In that era, definitely. For sure. Now, was he contemporaries with Greg Jennings? I think they were on, they had to have been on the same team. Yeah, the same they time. were on the same team. Because Greg Jennings is best known for that guy playing Madden. And he put Greg, Greg, Greg Jennings in with his broken leg. There you go. Greg Jennings putting the team on his back because he threw a <laughs> touchdown pass to Greg Jennings yeah. and he outran Darren Sharper and Madden with a broken leg. It was the funniest, <laughs> funniest YouTube clip of all time. Anyways, sorry, funny. go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, next one I wanted to do is, uh, so when you're thinking of linebackers, what do you think the best linebackers in history are? Does LT count as a linebacker or is he a defensive end? I guess you can count him as a linebacker. Because LT is the greatest defender of all time. For sure. But, you know, you think of Ray Lewis, Patrick Willis, Jack Lambert. Brian Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher. 
for sure. Dick Butkus. But you ever think of Zach Thomas? I don't even know who the hell Zach Thomas is. Zach Thomas slips a lot of people's minds. Selected in the fifth round in 1966. <laughs> I literally wrote it out like that. <laughs> I'm trying here, trying here. Um, 154th overall. Despite the late pick, he ended up being one of the best linebackers in history. Seven-time Pro Bowler, over 1,700 career tackles, 17 interceptions, 20 and a half sacks. Wow. Dude was really good. Uh, I was actually watching some of his highlights, and he was a fucking beast. I didn't even sure. know. What, I didn't even fucking know about this guy. Okay, I got one real quick to play off of that. Sure. Have you ever heard of Deacon Jones? Sounds familiar. He was a broadcaster. He died in 2013, but like back during the 2010s, he was still doing like broadcasts regularly. Like he was on like like he's like Howie Long is today on the TV shows. Uh, defensive end for the Rams, Chargers, and Redskins. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame back in 1980. He played from. 64 to at least 72. He played for a very long time. Uh, actually, played from 61 to 74. Deacon Jones was drafted in the 14th round of the draft, pick 186 overall, and became one of the greatest defensive ends of all time. Have you ever heard the phrase sack in association with tackling a quarterback? Yes. Deacon Jones was the guy that came up with that phrase. No, no shit. Because he was like, wow, when you tackle the quarterback, it's like sacking a city in the (laughs) ancient times. Sure. Now, Deacon Jones is one of the greatest players of all time. He's on the NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team. Five-time sack leader before four sacks was even a statistic which is interesting because he isn't officially the sack leader because they weren't recording the statistic back then but he is like one of the all-time sack leaders just based on his quarterback attacks sure eight-time pro bowl five-time first team all pro three-time second team all pro two-time nfl defensive player of the year drafted in the 14th round and he also sold my grandpa a car back in the 90s Jesus he, had, he had a dealership down in North Carolina somewhere. No shit. And he sold my grandpa a car. So that's how I knew. How who, cool is that? That's how I knew him. It's like, oh, yeah, Deacon Jones sold grandpa a car. That's crazy. But um, he was known, nicknamed the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> Because he was so good. Uh, the Los Angeles Times called Jones the most valuable Ram of all time. And Rams head coach back at that time, George Allen, called him the greatest defensive end of modern football. Damn. Drafted in the 14th round. That's sweet. Yeah, Deacon Jones. Good player. Very good player. We have to remember him for sure. Definitely. He's like, like it's like, the only player you could compare to him outside of LT is Miles Garrett. So I don't know about that. Yeah, Miles Garrett's that good. But Probably Deacon Jones, Deacon Jones. I don't know about that. That dude, that dude was something else. Anyways, you got any more, Ben? <clears throat> yeah, I'll do two more. All right, I got um, a couple of quick ones I can get through, too, so. I'm running quick. You ever heard of Tim Brown? No. This dude is 100% overlooked when it comes to the, like, best wide receivers in history. Played for the Raiders for most of his career, and he played for the Bucks for one year. Um, uh, to start off, he was a Heisman winner. Uh, he was a nine, nine-time Pro Bowler in the NFL. Wow. Mo- most consecutive starts by a receiver. He had 17 years in the NFL. He had 1,095. Four receptions, 14,934 yards, 100 touchdowns. He had nine consecutive seasons with over 1,000 yards receiving. This dude is hardly ever talked about. <laughs> I don't know if he's... Uh, I can't remember ever hearing about this. I dude. haven't heard about this guy before <laughs> right now, so... And uh, I just think he's been overlooked because he was just on shitty teams. Sure, which uh, happens. So, that's Tim Brown. And my last one, I can get through here quick. Uh, you ever heard of Kevin Johnson? Yes. Play for the Browns. No, this is a basketball player. No. <laughs> 
three-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA selection. He's one of the most consistent point guards in his era. Uh, I guess he was really a clutch player, too. Uh, He averaged 17.9 points a game, nine assists, 1.5 steals in 12 seasons with the Phoenix Suns, Cleveland Cavaliers, Sacramento Kings. And uh, as far as, like, the best point guards, I've never heard of this dude. What years did you say? Uh, Fuck, I forgot to write it down. (laughs) I think it was uh, late 80s, early 90s. Sure. Hold on, let me look here. Just to make sure. It's like like mid-90s, I can pretty much name, like, the stars. But I can't figure out. Like, there shouldn't be a five-time pro, all-pro that I haven't, that I wouldn't know about. You know what I mean? 87 to 99. Okay. Well, I should know. I should know about him then. Well, do you? I do not. <laughs> no, I do not. So, well, that's everybody that I have. All right, I'll run through my last ones very quickly. Uh, have you ever heard of Nikola Jokic? Tennis player. No. Think about Novak Djokovic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Never mind. Nikola Djokic is a Serbian professional basketball player who is currently a center for the oh. Denver Nuggets. Yeah, he won MVP like last year, didn't he? He's a five-time NBA All-Star, two-time MVP. He won the last two years. He was, I think, second place this year. Damn. 28-year-old center for the Nuggets. This guy is like the most boring player to watch because he's a fundamental mastermind. He's this ginormous yeah, white he's a, guy. He is huge. But he's so good. Who though. can pass. He can shoot a little bit. He sees the court unlike any big man that's ever seen the court. He's only 28 years old. He's already like like an all-time player. Now, the Nuggets are currently in the playoffs right now. I think they're going to win. I've always been like, this guy's a fundamental mastermind. He's a, he's going to be great. And I always get talked down at work because we talk a lot of basketball. I'm like, watch this guy. This guy's good. He's a good player. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, fuck him. He's boring, all that shit. And he is. He's a boring player to watch. It's not like there's anything exciting about him. Sure. He's just really, really, really fucking good at his, basketball. His passing is incredible. His passing, his vision's incredibly play style of defense. He's huge. And he can shoot a little bit. He can score. Right. He consistently, he can put up like... 20 rebounds, 20 points, and 20 assists in a game. It's incredible. Like, For a big man. People can't do that shit. Right. So he is so good. He doesn't get talked about enough, um, but he deserves to be talked about because I think he's going to be around for a very long time. For sure. Okay, next guy. Dan Quisenberry, real quick. Dan Quisenberry was a baseball player, free agent back in 1975, undrafted. He was unique because when he made his major league debut at the age of 26 as a pitcher, he had a unique underarm submarine motion, which is weird because you don't yeah. you didn't see that back at that time. He's the original submarine pitcher. He ended up developing into a relief mastermind. He was several times, he was a save leader. He was a closer. And he ended up in the top five voting for the Cy Young Award during that time, which is crazy because a lot of times closers didn't win the Cy Young Award. That being said, one did for the Detroit Tigers. Willie Hernandez won the Cy Young Award as a closer back in 1984, <coughs> I believe. Um, he didn't throw hard. He didn't do anything crazy. It was just that weird delivery really... It was really effective, and he was able to put it to the test, and he really did a lot with it. Unfortunately for Dan Quisenberry, he deserves to be talked about, but he did pass away back in 1998 from a brain tumor, which was terrible. Damn. Only eight years after he stopped playing. He signed a contract in 1983 to be a royal for life, which is an interesting kind of sports contract back then. Hmm. Um, He did actually get released from that contract at one point. Jesus. (laughs) He He ended up finishing his career with the Giants, in 1990, and he retired with 244 saves, then fifth 
all time in baseball history. He is not in the Hall of Fame, which is a shame. He was on the ballot at one point, but he did not get enough votes to keep on. That being said, I think he should be a I think he should be a Hall of Famer, Dan Quisenberry. Sounds like I it. remember him for sure because I used to collect baseball cards as a little kid. And I used to get you used to get like a pack where you get like a couple new ones and a whole bunch of old ones. So I go through and I was like, Who's this guy, Dad? It's like, Oh, that's Dan Quisenberry. Let me tell you his story. He had a really distinct baseball card. He's had a big mustache. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's a really sad story. I'm sure my Jaja has one of his cards. Yeah, but he was he's a very good player, very memorable, deserves to be mentioned in this discussion. Um well, I'm gonna run through the rest of mine real quick. Warren Moon. Have you ever heard of Warren Moon? Oh yeah, great quarterback. He is a Hall of Famer, which is good. What I don't understand. Okay, here we go. He is the only player inducted to both the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Wow. Now, Warren Moon, he had success in Canada for a while. He won five consecutive Grey Cups from 1978 to 1982. He had 17 NFL seasons after that, which is crazy. Damn. He played for the Vikings, Seahawks, and Kansas City Chiefs, considered one of the greatest undrafted players in NFL history. Now, it's a shame that he had, well, he also played for the Oilers, who he's best known for. Yeah. But it's a shame that he wasn't drafted. Because yeah. they were they were racist back in those days. Sure. But um an incredible player, ten years with the Oilers, seven playoff appearances. He made an eighth postseason run in, with the Vikings before retiring in two thousand. So he was around for that long. I think he was like on the, the Ravens roster back in like two thousand one, but he didn't play or something. Damn. I'm pretty sure we've talked about him before. We we probably have. But Warren Moon, Hall of Famer in both Canada and the United States, very good player. Cool achievement. Um the last guy I want to do, I was gonna do Bart Starr, I'm not gonna do Bart Starr, but the last guy I have to do, Ben Wallace. Ben Camry Wallace. Oh, basketball player in uh, Detroit? Yes. Yeah. American basketball executive and former player who is best known for his stint with the Detroit Pistons back in the early 2000s. Yeah, they beat the Lakers, didn't they? Yes, he did. He is regarded by many to be the greatest undrafted player in NBA history. Um, He was a shot blocker, rebounder, and defender. He was not a scorer. He was born in Alabama, and he went to Cuyahoga Community College and Virginia Union. He was known for his time at Virginia Union. He was a three-sport star in high school. All-state baseball player, basketball player, and football player. I think he went to Virginia Union as a football player. Now, he was a six-foot, nine-inch, humongous individual. Yeah. Uh, he ended up being undrafted as a basketball player. He went to go play in Italy for a little bit, but he only actually played in one game before he got some tryouts in the United States. Eventually, he ended up with the Magic, and the Pistons ended up acquiring him when they sent away their star at the time, Grant Hill, who was like the Pistons star back in the late 90s after the Bad Boys era. It was the Grant Hill era. They traded Grant Hill to the Magic. The Magic gave up Ben Wallace and I think some other people in return. And then Ben Wallace developed into one of the greatest NBA defenders of all time. Now, Ben Wallace is best known for his fro, his crazy hair, and his ability to absolutely lock down dominant centers back in the day. Back in that time, players like Shaq were in their prime. Uh, Tim Duncan, maybe to a to an extent. And Ben Wallace, despite being undersized as six foot nine, now Ben Wallace will tell you that he was only six foot seven. Ben Wallace claims that the six foot nine was something that the team put out there to have him play center and to make things teams think that they was taller than he was. He's like, yeah, I was six five with the afro, I'm six seven without it. He insists that he was not that tall. 
Still locked him down. Which is interesting. Now, he could lock down these guys. He could lock down Shaq. He could lock down... I'm trying to think of who some of the great bigs were back in that era. Uh, Dwight Howard go back, far back? Dwight Howard would have been after that. He was like more like 07, 08. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who who would have been in the Eastern Conference back then. I can't I can't think of anybody. Yao Ming? Yao Ming would have been one. No, I don't know how... Now, yeah, I, won't, I don't know how Ben Wallace would have done against him because Yao Ming would have been in the West and they never would have... Yao Ming and Ben Wallace never would have met in the playoffs ah. but Yao Ming and Shaq met and or not Yao Ming and Shaq <laughs> <laughs> Yao Ming and Shaq did meet Ben Wallace and Shaq met and Ben Wallace owned that fucking that yeah, relationship for sure now Ben Wallace is noted he's a four-time all-star also a four-time defensive player of the year which is pretty impressive Incredible. he only averaged about six points a game but he averaged like multi rebounds a game he could assist and he could he averaged two blocks a game throughout his entire career which is impressive that's very good it's very tough to average two blocks a game how are steals he have steals he didn't have a lot of steals because they wouldn't really pass down there sure but he was just i mean talk about finding your niche and excelling beyond belief and he is an nba hall of famer today so he should be i i, I mean wallace he was one of my favorite players of all time i really enjoyed watching him play i remember when he left for the bulls i was like devastated but he did come back he did all those all those guys a lot of those guys ended up having they had that old four championship team with the detroit pistons where he had chauncey billups tayshawn prince rip hamilton Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace, and I know three of those five of those guys ended up having like a like a reunion tour with the Pistons after the fact when they were like <laughs> when they were like fizzling out of the league, they all came back. Yeah, and Ben works for the Pistons these days, so oh, no shit. I would like to see him. He works in the front office these days. I, I'm curious as to if he's ever going to try to get into the sidelines or not. Um, I don't know if he's ready to be a head coach right away, but that'd if, be cool. If the Pistons were like, hey, you know, we got to make Ben Wallace head coach, I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Hell yeah. So he's a great player. One of my heroes growing up for sure. Definitely. Ben Wallace. Could not do this episode without him. The only other guy I had is Lou Garza who played for the Browns. Nicknamed the Toe. He was a tackle and a kicker. <laughs> and that's about all I have about him. So, anyways, that was a fun episode. Yeah, we kind of ran a little bit long on that one, but that's all right. Oh, those are some it. sports heroes, I guess. Did that fit the bill of what you wanted to do with this sure. episode? Sure, sports man? heroes. We'll call it that. Sports heroes, unsung heroes, unsung sports heroes. Sure, something that works for me. Anyways, we could have gone all day with that type of shit, but oh yeah, there's. I mean, there's a, there's a lot out there. Yeah, if you guys have any sports heroes that you guys wish you would have, we would have discussed on this episode. Please tweet us at 30 in the. Please let us know all about them. Comment on our Facebook page. And if you are a sports hero that you feel like should have been discussed, please tweet us. We can bring you on the show. Definitely. Anyways, uh, please keep listening. Please keep sharing the show. Ben's got some great shit up the pipeline for us. I'm very impressed with the work that Ben's been doing lately. <laughs> uh, I don't know same, about all that. But, but to, no, to say, to say that my mind has been blown by the possibilities... <laughs> Ben's got some shit coming. All right. Let's hope so. So please check us out on Facebook. Please keep up with the Facebook page because all Ben's hard work that he's been putting in is going to be on the Facebook shortly, I'm hoping. Yeah, probably. Hopefully this weekend. Hopefully this weekend. Uh, Please keep tweeting us. Please keep liking the show. Please keep sharing our show. Thank you to our listeners. India, we're still very thrilled to know that we're the 67th most popular news commentary podcast out there. So um, please keep listening. Share it. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. We got a tracker for that now. And I noticed on Spotify there's like a Q&A thing. Yes. You guys should totally do that. Let us know how we're doing. Anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll get engaged with that. Um, we were up to, at one point, we were up to 140 active listeners, which I cannot figure that one out. <laughs> I don't so. know. We'll take it. But uh, please keep listening. Please keep sharing the show. We appreciate all of you. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Peace.
And I'm hoping that you don't touch any of my first three because all three of mine have a theme today. Okay, cool. So, Ben, if you want to get started, go ahead. All right, I'm going to start with one from our favorite UPI news. Uh Uh-oh. Deputies. I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) God. Deputies find reported fight in progress involved brawling goats. This was another one I thought about bringing to the studio. (laughs) Officials in an English city are asking residents to check their bird boxes, cages. Cut. Officials in an English city are asking residents to check their bird boxes, garages, and sheds for a marmoset monkeys. Cut. Jesus. Check bird boxes, garages, and sheds, said the city council. Cut. Jesus Christ. God damn it, what's happened? I, I cannot, I can't read right now. Sure. Check bird boxes, garage, garages, and sheds. Please do not attempt to, please do not attempt to catch the monkeys at this. Cut. I'll edit this episode, god damn it. <laughs> On Spotify, there's like a Q&A thing. Yes. You guys should totally do that. Let us know how we're doing. I think we have to post a question. Oh, we do? Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> God. Um, the last guy I want to do, I was going to do Bart Starr. I'm not going to do Bart Starr, but the last guy I have to do, one of my personal <coughs> heroes, and I cannot find the fucking paper that he's on. Ben Wallace. Have you ever heard of Ben Wallace? Benjamin Wallace? Yes. Not Cornwallis. Forget about... You're fucking patriot for a second. No, I was thinking of. Uh, no, I was thinking of uh, Braveheart. William Wallace. Ben Wallace. Ben Camry Wallace. Oh, basketball player, uh, Detroit. Yes. Vidanta Valara. Cat Viara Viarta Vindata Viarta Hakuna Matata. Thank you. <laughs> Vo- God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, dude. 